Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, Everybody hands go up And they stay there Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Generation Jaguar Podcast I'm Jordan DeLugo, I'm here with my co-host Scott Klein Yes sir So, all the Jaguars have done in the month of October is win, win, win no matter what Streaking! How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good I wasn't feeling so good during the game, but Yeah, until about (laughs) the very end of it down to the wire. Sure was. So, um, for the second episode of the Generation Jaguar podcast, we're going to go ahead and give you a rundown of everything we're going to cover. We're going to start out with a re- recap of the Bears game. Do we have to? <laughs> Unfortunately, we really do need to look back and see exactly what happened and what we need to take away from the game, despite three quarters of the game being very hard to watch. Then we're going to get into our what the F moment of the week. Each of us is going to provide a moment to our listeners that left us scratching our heads. Then we'll get into our weekly awards. Then we'll look around the AFC South, check out what the rest of our division is doing and how we stack up. We'll get into some Jaguars fantasy football talk. And finally, we will give you our Raiders versus Jaguars preview. So what do you say, Scott? You ready to get into it? Let's do it. Awesome. So, like I just said, we're going to start out with the Bears recap. And, uh, Scott, do you have any glaring things you want to talk about to start off the recap? Mm, The whole offense? The whole offense. Yeah, it was pretty pathetic, wasn't it? It was just inconsistent. Yep. I think All around. I think that's kind of been the story of this year for the offense. Yeah, there's it, times when it looks like the offense we expected to see this year. It, the the blame kind of shifted on this game because I I, okay. I don't think Blake Bortles really had that bad of a game. He didn't. He, I think the narrative with most Jaguars fans right mm-hmm. now is that Bortles had another bad game. Yeah, but he really didn't. No, he was let down a lot by everyone not named Marquise Lee. Surprisingly, <laughs> that's right. Um, Alan Hearns, he takes a beating he's he might be the toughest guy on the team but he's just you know both the Allen's yeah I think maybe Blake's biggest thing that I didn't like from that game besides his fumble yeah which that was obviously you just got to be more careful with the ball but that's what you get when you have a quarterback who's had 50 turnovers since the start of 2014 which leads the league (laughs) that's more than Jay Cutler it's painful to say but anyways so aside from the fumble that Bortles had, I think his worst play was maybe the throw to Alan Hearns that got Hearns just rocked. Like Bortles has kind of been known for doing that lately, putting his receivers in some not so favorable situations. Yeah, because Alan Hearns he's he's not afraid to go anywhere. Right. He's like I said, he might be the toughest guy on the team. 
it's he'll put his body on the line to yeah. do what it takes. I think there's a lot of tough guys on the team, but yeah. I don't think anybody would argue with you saying that Hearns is up there with any of them. Um, so, obviously, Allen Robinson had a difficult game. <laughs> he started off great, just like the rest of the Jaguars' offense did, really, on the first drive. Yeah, he caught two. Yeah, Robinson had two passes. nice passes on the sideline where he beat his man. And uh, got big first downs for the Jaguars. And then then the Jaguars got in the red zone. And to the one-yard line. To the one-yard yes. line. Chris Ivory got them down to the one-yard line. Just knocking on the door. Right. And um, then there was the false start penalty. And then... After the fade to Mercedes. Right, yeah. The fade to Mercedes. <laughs> that was another bad play by Blake, actually. <laughs> that was not a good throw. And... I don't think it's a terrible play call because Mercedes had a great matchup on Chris Przinsky, but I also don't think that that's what I'm thinking yeah, when I'm on drawing up plays. On like, first down. <laughs> but anyway, so to finish off that drive, Robinson drops what looked to be a very, very catchable ball that hit oh, him right easy. in the hands that he probably would catch 99 times out of 100. And not only does he drop it, but it pops up right into the waiting arms of Tracy Porter, who returns it 20 or 30 yards and um, really just shifted the momentum. The Jaguars had just stopped the Bears on their first drive, mm. really looked dominant. But um, Even though Jared Audrick had one of those stupid Jared Audrick um, personal the, foul against penalties. Against the barnacle. Right, yeah. So, like, Audrick's got to keep his emotions in check. But the defense still held up on the first drive. And then the Jaguars' offense drives the whole field. They get down the one-yard line. They can't convert. And Allen Robinson, the most unlikely of players to contribute a negative play, drops the ball in the end zone. And um, same old story with the Jags' offense there. It's just tough sometimes for them to try to get into the end zone. Yeah. um, Adversity. It's not something this team has handled very well at all. There were times early on in the season, uh, in the in the um, in the Packers game, interception right off the bat, right bounce back, was able to maintain, hang in the game. The Chargers game, same thing happened, interception right at the beginning, yeah. and we all know the rest of that story. Yeah, there was a lot of things that happened in the Chargers game, <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's just it just seemed like. Everything's the ball's rolling, you know, he's getting some momentum. Interception, the light goes out. Right. Yeah, it seems like once Blake has that bad play that costs the team. Not uh, even a play that he did. Right, just, yeah. But it's like I threw the ball, my receiver dropped it and it got picked and, and you can, I think in his mind he knows, oh, that's an interception. Oh, people are gonna blame that on me, and it's gonna add another interception to my interception total. That and, and you can see doesn't look good week to week. He's just it's just get. I feel I, I no, I wouldn't say it's getting to him, but he's showing a lot of emotion. Well, coming. I off. think it gets to him in a way, but I don't think it like gets to him to where he can't get over it. I think it just yeah, does bother obviously, him. Obviously, it was the Blake Bortles show in the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. He was the reason why we came back. Right. He absolutely was. We had no running game. <laughs> yeah. At the end. yeah, yeah. The running game just was awful. Now, the Jaguars have played five games, and in four of the games, the running game has been lackluster. 
That's not <laughs> even a good word for it at all. It's been awful. Like, the Jaguars we knew growing, growing up, like, Fred Taylor, um, and then you move on to Mojo. Like, the Jags are just supposed to be known for their running game. And the problem, I don't think at all, is the running backs. No. I think the running backs are playing They're doing what they can't work. There's nowhere to go. There's no aggressiveness up front. There's no push by the offensive line. And I think that's just a mentality because I think there's talented players up front. Obviously, Brandon Linder's super talented. A.J. Cann's talented. Kelvin Beecham's talented. I also think that it's a lot of mismanagement of the split on the carries as far as the running back running backs go. Mm-hmm. They're so worried about balance. That yeah. they're not. Chris Ivory had a couple runs in the first half. Where he was well, yeah. taking solid yards. Yeah, on the first drive, I actually wanted to talk about that. There were two consecutive plays where I saw the Chris Ivory that we saw this offseason in training camp mm-hmm. and the Chris Ivory that you saw with the Jets last year. Not the Chris Ivory that has been injured. Um, well, not injured, but unhealthy for the first two weeks and then not really seeming to gain his form. But at the beginning of this game, it looked like he was 100% back. Um, there was a play, I think it was a first down play, where he hesitated a little bit and then just went straight up the middle yeah. and just laid out a defensive back to finish off the run. And that, that was, was beautiful. Yeah, that was and then the very next play, um, he it looked like it was a designed inside run, that but was, he had to bounce it out because there was nowhere to go. And he... He hesitated for a good second in the backfield before he made his move to the outside, and he was still able to uh, get to the outside before the defenders could get to him and pick up a first down. So Ivory looked a lot better in this game than he had in games past, Um, but his average still wasn't there. It was still around two yards of carry, and that's just got to be on the offensive line. Yeah, and we also put ourselves in a situation where we're down ten nothing right. for most of the game. We're down thirteen nothing in the third quarter. Yeah, we're having it's we're having to run sparingly. We're having to try and come back and put points on the board quickly. And it's something where we have to try and get away from from it and become one dimensional. And we just haven't outside of the Colts game, we haven't been able to really just. I wouldn't even say assert our will on people because we 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 ran the ball well, but it's it's just we haven't really had. Very good opportunities to stick to the run game. Yeah, a lot of the situations we've been in have forced the offense's hand into just mm-hmm. throwing the ball and having to abandon the run, which hopefully uh, moving forward that can change a little bit, and the Raiders' defense might help us out a little bit with that this week. <laughs> it better. But um, <laughs> enough with the doom and gloom. Obviously the offense is struggling, but, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit about one player on offense that isn't struggling, and that's Marquise Lee. Yeah, he uh, caught Mike Tiger. Yeah, the albino he's, tiger. He's albino tiger. He's the albino under- tiger has been sighted game in and game out this season, and he's really helping the Jaguars out. I know a lot of people are going to point to the first two games where both of Bortles' first quarter interceptions were passes to Marquise Lee that hit Marquise Lee's hands. There was obviously miscommunication on those plays, but aside from those two plays, Marquise Lee has been dynamite this year. He's the maybe only consistent player on yeah. Sunday. I mean, he's consistently uh-huh. catching the ball when he's targeted. He's consistent. 
I think that's a product of him consistently getting open. Mm. He cannot be covered by... Okay, so, like, obviously, Robinson's going to be covered by your best corner. Yeah. Hearns is going to be covered by your second best corner. Um, and then, are you, who are you going to put on Julius Thomas? Yeah. Who are you going to put on Marquise Lee? The guys that are matching up with Marquise Lee just aren't quality enough to match up with him. Marquise Lee's a player that, if he would have come out as a um, junior, he probably would have been a first-round draft pick. Easily. He still was a second-round draft pick even after a... Pick before Allen Robinson. Right. Even after a bad last season in college by his standards. And then, you know, for the first two years of his career, he was injured a lot in Jacksonville. So, I don't think a lot of people think of him as a guy that has elite talent. But he does. Yeah, he was a Blitnikoff winner. Yeah, he's not like... A lot of these explosive receivers that you see in the slot are kind of frail, but in my opinion, Marquise Lee has the skill and talent to potentially be a starting receiver. Yeah, he could be. And it might not be for the Jaguars, but Mm -hmm. I do think at some point in his career, Marquise Lee's going to be a starter on a team. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's playing like it. He's caught 73% of his targets this year. Let's see if he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's obviously. The, that's the, that's the, the biggest that's, issue for Yeah, him. absolutely. But it does seem like there's a different level of comfortability and play that he's displaying this year. Yeah. He's and a lot of that probably does have to do with the health. But I think he's also taken a step beyond just mm-hmm. the health thing. I think he's really understanding his role right now. Mm-hmm. And guys just can't cover him that are matched up with him. Yeah, you got to make plays while you're on the field. While you're on the field. It's fun to watch their... Um, there was, I can't remember when it was in the game, but there was a play where Marquise Lee kind of had to come back to the ball. Coming across the field. Right, yeah. yeah. And then he ran, like, backwards toward the sideline. He always has an interesting little quirk whenever he runs his route. But then he just sped past the defenders that looked like they had an angle on him. And those types of plays show you really how talented Lee is. Um, so other than Lee, uh, on offense, there's not a whole lot to look at that's uh-huh. bright. I mean... They, they finally started going to Julius Thomas late in yeah. the game. Um, he had a couple big, big plays. Um, yeah. Where was that <laughs> in the first half? Who knows? Um, but other than that, there I wasn't think really any other... Obviously, Linder's been playing well. He played well yeah. again. Um, Patrick Omame actually played really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was um, put into the starting lineup because of Luke Jokel's injury, and he performed really well. Uh, he's a guy that started nine games for the Bears last year, and coincidentally enough, his first start came against the Bears this year. But uh, he's a guy that perhaps is looking to earn a starting job in, yeah. in the future. He's only 26. He's not an old player. Yeah, and I and I think as far as the guys on offense, it's just been it's it's been the defense playing well, you know, playing good enough to win, waiting on the offense to come around, mm-hmm. and we haven't really been able to put that all together for four quarters. No, definitely not for four quarters. But I guess sometimes in the NFL, it only takes one quarter. Exactly. <laughs> One really good quarter by an offense. But yeah, the defense is playing lights out. You got to give a lot of credit to them. 
seemingly every player on the defense is playing well right now. I can't think yeah. of one guy. Like in years past, you would be able to think of several players that are just really bothering you. Just a glaring hole. Right. I would say... Maybe Cyprian's our weakest link. I don't even think so. I think he's been playing pretty well, too. Uh, He's not an all-pro safety. He's not Cam Chancellor. But I think he is playing... Not necessarily saying he's playing poorly. It's just that... He might be the weakest link. Of the guys on the defense, who do you pick? Right. And then, other than that, Devon House is greatly... (laughs) Yeah, he's missing an action. He's greatly reduced. I think he played only four plays in this game. Mm-mm. I saw him on special teams sometimes. Okay. I think he played in only four defensive plays in this game. Thanks for the correction there, Scott. Yeah, so wow, the rapid demise of Devon House is just... I just think it's it's uh, opportunity cost. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah, there's guys that are playing better than him. Prince of Mukamara is a more talented player than him. Jalen Ramsey's a more talented player than him. And right now they're playing like it. Yeah, he's he's a real feast or famine kind of guy. Yeah. Um another thing, uh Jalen I mean, excuse me, not Jalen Ramsey. We will get into Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> but Miles Jack, uh his snap count was greatly reduced, and I think what how Miles Jack's season is gonna go is gonna be greatly based off of uh, formations that the opposing teams are running and what we think yeah. will work with him. and Which, to me, is kind of bizarre, thinking that he's going to come off the field in passing situations. Yeah, it is. He's, it is, but he's playing auto right now, and that's, that's, the that's what the coaches want, mm-hmm. so that's what it is. And the coaches do feel really comfortable with Scooter in certain situations, which yeah. in certain situations, Scooter does do really well. I agree with him, so... Um, the defense is dynamite right now. They're playing top 10 defense. I'd like to say I called that at the beginning of the season. Um, they had a lot of, I think for most of the game, that uh, they weren't, it was a bend, not break. Basically. Yeah, I was totally agree with about, you. They were about 70% uh, third down conversion rate yeah. for most of the game. Yeah, terrible. The bride horror threw for 300 yards on us again. I don't know how it keeps happening. Ryan Hoyer. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree with you a lot on the whole bend but not break thing with the Jaguars defense. Not in general, but specifically to this game. They did yeah. bend but not break a lot. They gave up three field goals um, and only one touchdown. And the Bears were able to move the ball a lot, but they weren't able to capitalize very much. Yeah. No, it... It's, and sometimes that's an okay thing. It's yeah. not bad to be giving up first downs all the time, but you would hope as long would, as you can make the stop. You would hope it would be against more quality opponents. Yeah, well, top tier talent beating you as opposed to Hoyer's, Brian Hoyer and Cameron Meredith. Hoyer and Meredith have been on fire <laughs> as of late, and Alshon Jeffrey really he, lit it up in yeah, the first he, half. He he owned Jalen Ramsey. He did, and Ramsey admitted that. Yeah, and it was it was fun. Watching them battle. Only for a half. For the half. For one half, yeah. <laughs> then things changed at halftime. They really did. Um, so, um, yeah, I think we've done a pretty good job breaking down the Bears the Bears game. Uh, the Jaguars obviously came back and won 17-16. to 16. I was, Had to score 17 fourth-quarter yeah, points. I was ready to, by the, halfway through the third quarter, I was pre- prepping in my mind what I was going to rip them on this week. 
And oh. then they started giving me hope, and I started getting angry because I didn't think we were going to be able to pull things out, but they proved me wrong. Oh, yeah. I was pissed. I was very, very unhappy for the entire game. Even it's, when we started coming back, I still didn't feel You're just happy. like, okay. All right, cool. Yeah. So we're coming back now. Great. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a bittersweet ending. <laughs> and I know you can't see right now, but Scott's got his arms <laughs> folded and he looks pissed as hell. <sighs> so, uh, also, MC Wallace, shout out to you. Paul Puzzlesny killed it this game. Um, <laughs> moving on. So, we're going to get into our What the F or WTF moments of the week. What the? <laughs> so, mine, is, it was very obvious to me, and I knew it was going to be the What the F moment of the week from the very beginning. Pretty much the very beginning of the game. Yeah. Allen Robinson's drop touchdown. Like, Allen Robinson is your best player. He can't drop a touchdown pass that's like an easy touchdown. I think he's dropped three passes now in this season that would have been touchdowns. And when it results in an interception? Right. Oh. And so it's just like, not only are you losing the touchdown, but you're also giving the ball over. You're not giving yourself an opportunity for a field goal or to try to get a, a, a seven. So, like, it's just not good. Um, I don't know what's wrong with Allen. I think... He's playing pretty well for the most part. but Yeah, I think teams are starting to key in on him a little bit. Yeah, he's got to rebound from that strong. He's got to. Yeah. Because he's, he's our best player besides Brandon Linder, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it, it and very rightly should be. Yeah. Uh, my WTF moment of the week, I, I've been kind of wrestling with this one. I'm just going to say just the play calling in general. Okay. I got a couple of... Is that allowed? Do I have to pick one? Do I have to pick one? Well, I'll call, okay, I'll, I'll, okay. So since you're doing play calling, let's give an example. Like putting Malik Jackson in coverage. Yes. WTF. WTF. <laughs> what? What the f are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Putting Julius Thomas one on one against Willie Young, the Bears' best pass rusher, on a play action rollout to that side where it's rolling to Willie Young's side. Like, yeah. And, like, Julius Thomas basically just hands him off to Bortles. Poor Bortles sometimes. It's, it's, I, 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 I tweeted about this on Monday. It's like somebody, it's like the coaching staff is using Ask Madden. And they're just saying, oh, yeah, that, that, this play looks good. That, that, that might should work. work. Right? That should work. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just an, an unnerving emotional wreck that it made me. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> so, enough of that. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah. We cleared the air. We let go of our grievances. What's done is done. Yeah, and we got a win. So That's all that matters. Seeing as how we got a win for the uh, second straight game, and we haven't lost since I the end of September. Good. Yeah, it is pretty good. We're streaking, and we love it. We're going to move on to the weekly awards segment of our podcast, and uh, I'm pretty excited about these. I'm going to go ahead and start off with this yeah, one. Yeah, not a lot of people you'd expect, really. Yeah, well, definitely the first one. Probably the second one you wouldn't expect either, but offensive MVP, Aurelius Ben, the same Aurelius Ben that I questioned why he was still on our <laughs> team last week. Yes, that Aurelius Ben. He caught a 51-yard touchdown pass that pretty much 
Well, it gave the Jaguars the lead at the end of the game, and it pretty much was by far the biggest play of the game, and it was also, you know, the game-sealing play. It wasn't pretty. Um, but it it wasn't pretty, you know? Bortles hits him, he drops to the ground, somehow... I still don't know how, he the, fell corner, how the corner fell over. Yeah, somehow the corner doesn't touch... Uh, ben when he's on the ground and then Ben's just off to the races and I've never seen him outrun anyone in a game since he was like you know a fresh off the boat second round pick back in Tampa like I've never been seeing early has been run past anyone but it was awesome um shout out to you early has been you're the man I'm terribly sorry for questioning your skill last week he heard you he's getting you back that's right so really has been Defensive MVP. I'm going a little off the book here, and it's more of a of an effort that's been co- that's been happening the past couple of weeks. Yeah, pretty much like ever since San Diego. Yeah, let's after that. Yeah, there's a big key in that is going to be Paul Puzlesny. He's really when he's put in a, in a position that's not against Travis Benjamin. He's been playing well. We've had there's I remember multiple times this game where it's been third and long and I see a guy coming across the middle of the field and I'm like, here we go again. Yep. He's getting first down. Why do we always give this up? And then Paul Puz Leslie comes up and lays the wood. That's right. And I'm like, whoa, where'd he come from? Yeah. He hasn't been a liability. He's been playing well in run. Always. And he's just spitting on the screen there. Sorry, <laughs> I'm getting excited. I'm getting amped up. That's good. But no, he's, getting excited. He's, he's been playing really to his abilities. Yeah, I mean when he's placed and or when the play calls are designed exactly. for Puzz Lesney to succeed, he passes with flying colors. And there's even times this week where Eddie Royals flying across the middle and. Eddie Royal's a similar player to Travis Benjamin. He's mm-hmm. probably not as fast as Benjamin. At Royal's a little older now. Benjamin's yep. still a young guy, probably the fastest guy in the league. But Royal's still a fast slot receiver, and there were several plays where Puzzlesny was just right on top of it and stopped him from getting the first down, and that's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, I love Paul Puzzlesny, <laughs> and seeing him... Prove all the haters wrong is just a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, it's it's great. He's he's gotten a lot of flack because he's not as athletic as a lot of people want him to be. Um, but put in the right position, he's lighting it up. Absolutely. So we've got our offensive MVP in Aurelius Ben and our defensive MVP in Paul Puzlesny. Obviously, our special teams MVP. This is going to be similar to Puzlesny. Is um, uh, Brad Norman just kind of like a Kim, like for the last whole season he's just Praise been dominant. Like he's been amazing. He's the real MVP. We forgot to shout him out in the reca- in the recap. Oh yeah, week. we did. We meant to say, big fan Brad, keep up the good work. You're the MVP so far. If you don't make the Pro Bowl, it's boy, rigged. God, it's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> also, Jason Myers has been doing really well yeah. on special teams too. So. No one's talking about him. Yeah. That's probably the best thing for him. Gotta give props to him. But uh, we'll move on to our clutch performance of the week, and that goes out to obviously you know Jalen Ramsey. You know. 
He gets just torched in the first half by uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, admittedly so. Ramsey talked about it after the game and said he was getting torched. And I don't know if he's ever gotten beat like that. No, I don't think he was used to it, and I don't think that he was comfortable with it. And I, he said that he thought Gus Bradley's halftime speech was Heard directed. Right, that halftime speech, there was a lot of uh, F-bombs, I've been told, and many <laughs> other cuss words. Not quite as many as Cole Hartley would have you believe, based on his video that went viral and was uh, shared by Bleacher Report. He really got everybody with that one. But uh, he didn't get me. Because, I mean, there's a part in the video where Gus Bradley refers to halftime. So, obviously, it wasn't a halftime speech. But good for Cole. That was great that he really duped everyone. But getting back to the point, Ramsey thought that Gus's talk was a little bit directed at him and regardless of whether it was or not Ramsey took it to heart and he came out and Alshon Jeffrey only got one catch for three yards in the second half of the game and on the game ceiling game winning play Jalen Ramsey's matched up with Alshon Jeffrey he baits he totally baits uh, Brian Hoyer into thinking that he can complete the pass Knowing that Ram, knowing that he would be able to should have caught it though. Should have caught it. Caught he'll it tell you that. He'll tell you that he should have caught it. But uh, despite not getting his first interception of his career, he made a great play on the ball and made the game ceiling pass breakup. So props to you, Jalen Ramsey. You are our clutch performer of the week. So now that we've pretty much covered everything that there is to cover from the Bears game. We are going to go ahead and look around the AFC South and see what the rest of our division rivals are doing and see where we stack up compared to them. We'll go ahead and start with the Colts, who fell apart in Houston. What are you doing? Um, Yeah, they're they're two and four now. They're in the they're in the cellar of the division. And uh, shout out to. the Jaguars read it for having an upvote party after the Colts <laughs> <laughs> fell into uh, last place in the division. That's some pretty funny stuff. You're up, it, up 14 in the fourth quarter, similar to the Bears. Yeah. And they've I, I, watching the first half, it was impressive how good Houston's defense made the Colts' offensive line look. They were <laughs> they could not touch luck. Yeah. Frank Gore was running all over them. Yeah. Well, Frank Gore is having a pretty good season. Granted. Yeah. But behind that offensive line, it's it was it was a far cry from that from what they had when even when they had JJ Watt in there. Yeah. Kevin Johnson too went down in that game. Broke his foot, I believe. Yeah, so um anyways, the Colts defense, I mean they're just terrible. Yeah, like <laughs> no getting around. <laughs> Brock Osweiler has been bad for the Texans this year, and in the last game, he made the Colts' defense look exactly as it is, and that's terrible. And the Colts' defense made him look like a good quarterback, which I'm not sure that's the case. I cannot. I still don't believe the fact that I think it's this division is going to come down. To the Titans and the Jags, you know, and it's it, it that might be the case. The only reason that I think you could be wrong is because at this point, 
the Texans are four and two. Yeah. I mean, and? <laughs> they have the advantage at this point. That's the only reason that I could yeah. post to you they to say that they have an advantage. They got but, a two-run handicap. <laughs> yeah, based on their performances as of late, there's no reason to think that the four and two Texans who are in first place in the division will finish first place in the division. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Miller, he's been he's been playing playing yeah. well. You know, I mean, he, he's been putting up numbers. Um, Brock Osweiler has left a lot to be desired. Yeah, he really has. Um, and their defense just kind of lacks that luster without JJ. Like, there's a reason he's the considered the best defensive player in the world. And I, I to be honest, I didn't think I never I never think one player can make that much of a difference when you have a defense like Houston's that's supposed to be right. They so have a solid. lot of other talented guys. You know, you've got Cushing out there, you've got Jadavian Clowney, Will Fork, you've got all sorts of good players, but it's just, for whatever reason, it's isn't really coming together. It's a difference. Yeah, and they really got lucky um, being able to pull that game out against the Colts, but they pulled it out. Yeah. and So they're 4-2, and two and they're in first place in the division. Um, they so are one game ahead of the Titans. Blows my mind. What do you I, think about the Titans right now? I don't understand how they're winning. They got a coach in a passing league is wanting to pound the rock. Yeah, well, DeMarco Murray and DeMarco Derek Murray's, Henry will help you out with that. Yeah. But it, it's, it still baffles the mind with the, with the talent that they have. And Marcus Mariota, he's been playing up and down. I believe he had a, he had a pretty good game this past yeah, week. Yeah, he's, he's rebounded well over the past couple weeks. And granted, they've played the Dolphins and the Browns the last two weeks, which neither of those teams are exactly world beaters at this yeah. point. Yeah. But um, he's been getting it done. He's a young quarterback like Bortles. He's even younger in terms of NFL experience than Bortles. Mm-hmm. And... Um, They've definitely been one of the surprises to me. I wouldn't have said they. Yeah, you would have never said. Let's say the Titans are going to be three and three after six games. You wouldn't have said that. Put definitely put money on it. I would. Yeah. I would. I would <laughs> bet against that every day of the week, and I'd be losing my money all the way down. Yeah. Well, I mean, after a one and three start, you would have been looking good. Or no, excuse me. They started out one and two. They've now won um, two in a row. Good for them. Yeah. But, Enough you know, about them. I can't yeah. stand the rest of the AFC South. Good so riddance. the point is the Colts are 2-4. and four, The Texans are 4-2. and two, The Titans are 3-3. Three and three, The Jaguars are 2-3. and three. They've played one less game than each of our division opponents. But they're right there. Within reach. Despite an awful game against the Chargers. Oh. A heartbreaking loss to the Packers to start the season. And another heartbreaking loss... Against the Ravens. And Everbank. Last, week, last second kick. Yeah. So, despite all that, the Jaguars are 2-3, and three and they're in prime position to take the division. Somehow, there's still a light in the dark. There's still hope. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got to love that if you're a Jaguars fan. And um, we've only played one division game so far, so that means you've got another game left against the Colts two games left against the Texans, and two games left against the Titans. So you do your work there, and you're pretty much – you're not guaranteed the division, but you're – More you're likely than not. 
Yeah. If you if you handle your division, there's a lot of things that have to go wrong. And there's no reason to think that they can't handle the division, which is the awesome, amazing, (laughs) shocking, baffling, running out of adjectives. (laughs) Anyways, so that's it for around the AFC South. Now we're going to do a little bit of Jaguars fantasy football talk. We know a lot of our listeners out there play fantasy football. We play fantasy football yeah, as we well. Do. In fact, we played each other this week in fantasy yes, football. Yes, we did. <laughs> and uh, if Allen Robinson had not dropped that touchdown, <laughs> we might be talking about it. Don't you put result. that on Allen. But don't you put that on Allen. <laughs> Scott just beat me this week, Woo. barely. And, you know, Allen Robinson's my star receiver. And. He really let me down. He's been letting me down a lot this year in terms of fantasy, but I digress. Uh, we're going to move into Blake Bortles versus the Oakland Raiders. What do you think about that matchup for Bortles? Is he a safe start? If he's on your team, where else? Like, put him in. Yeah. Put him in. This is the game. Put him in. Yeah. If, 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 this is, if you could start him for one game of the year, put him in. Yeah, this is definitely close. Like, if this isn't the game, it's right up there because the Raiders' defense has been giving up over 20 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. They've been giving up over 312 yards through the air a game, worst in the NFL. And um, Bortles has not been playing bad lately. Sure, he's not been a world beater lately, but against a terrible Raiders' defense, Bortles, I think, is... Proven to be a good fantasy quarterback, even if you don't agree that he's a great real-life quarterback. He's definitely a good fantasy quarterback, and Mm -hmm. I definitely think he's a starter this week. And it it might just take one game where he gets in rhythm, he starts feeling hot, he gets confidence built back up. Right. I do think despite uh, a pretty good performance and fantasy numbers in a lot of his games so far this year, Mm -hmm. uh, he hasn't found that rhythm. Yeah. The numbers have been there somewhat. But the rhythm, it just hasn't looked like it's been there. And when and when you throw an interception, that doesn't necessarily re- go back on you as far yeah. as drop passes in on your first drive of the game. It's so That's tough. hard to rebound from. Yeah. So three three of the five games for the Jaguars this year, Bortles throws an interception on the first drive, and all three of them arguably were not his fault. Yeah, you're fighting uphill battle from there on out. But yeah, Bortles is a safe start against a terrible Oakland Raiders defense this week. And Alex Smith, the world beater, (laughs) the titan of a man that he is. Okay, not really. But he was 19 for 22, which is 86.4%. Right, that's like close to an NFL record for a game, I think. Like, that's really good. It's a hair away. Right. With no passes defended. Right. Two of those passes, or four passes over 20 yards. Right, and he's not known for no. delivering the ball downfield very far either. You would so. think, oh, he's just dinking and dunking down the field. Yeah. He had four over 20 and two over 30. Yeah, that really is something. So, if Blake Bortles is on your team, which, have since you're a Jaguars both. fan, a lot of you probably do have Blake Bortles on your team, put him into the starting lineup with confidence this week. Absolutely. Without question. <laughs> so the uh, let's move on to our running backs right now because the running backs you you just 
don't know what to do with. TJ Yeldon's had some good fantasy games this year. Yeah. He's had a couple, two or three fantasy games that were good, especially with his, if you're in a PPR league, several of his games, he's had a ton of receptions. Yeah. No. Um, but do you have any confidence in the Jaguars running backs, even against a Raiders defense that's giving up a ton of yards on the ground? I think they're the third worst in the league. Yeah. That in I, terms of yeah, the Raiders are giving up four point eight yards per carry on the ground. I mean, to put that in perspective, not really, <laughs> if a running back averaged four point eight yards per carry their whole career, they would be the, yeah, they would be a Hall of Famer, and they would Easy. probably be, if not the, they would be close to the highest yards per carry back in NFL history. I think it's 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 tough to predict who to start at this point because I still think the coaches are trying to figure it out. Yeah, that's a big problem. And that's If the coaches don't know who they're giving the ball to, how do you know if you can feel comfortable starting either of those guys? Exactly. I would probably lean towards Chris Ivory only because... He did get more carries last game. And the way he's looked when he's been getting hot, that would put him over the edge. If you're in a PPR league, that might change a little bit but not yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't really drive me too crazy but you're not gonna have both guys anyway hopefully not hopefully geez. and yeah <laughs> if you did that god, god draft, have mercy on your soul yeah <laughs> but if if i mean if you have a guy on the bye week and you're looking for somebody and you have one of our guys this Maybe week might flex. be a good yeah this week uh, might be a good flex option yeah. This week, but outside of that, he's not going to be your one or two guy yeah, that you're relying on. It's not. I think the Jaguars' running game will be productive this week. Should be, but you yeah. don't know who's going to be being productive. Exactly, you don't know where it's going to come from, and uh, for that reason, it's just hard to say with confidence that either of these guys should be starting on your team unless you're pretty desperate. So now that we've gotten through Bortles, through the running backs. I think we need to look at Bortles' receiving weapons, which yeah. No, have yeah. been incredibly disappointing to fantasy owners this year. Julius Thomas looked poised for a fantasy breakout season mm-hmm. after an amazing offseason and training camp. Like every time, every time you were seeing these guys practice, it was clear that Julius Thomas was one of the best players on the field. And now you don't know really where he is in the offense how concerned the coaches are with getting him the ball. What do you think about Julius Thomas? I'm having, to be honest, I'm having a little bit of anxiety about all of his pass catchers. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time somebody had a breakout game where you're like, oh, I'm glad that guy's on my fantasy team? Well, yeah, A-Rob had one, two touchdown game. Yeah, throwing touchdowns is... Is a huge game, but with with Julius Thomas, they didn't even look his way until the fourth quarter. Yeah, against the Bears. Yeah, you're right. Um, but with the team, and again, it, it's something where with the tight end, you're not you're not really going to have a lot of competition at that position. It's not like you're going to have four stashed on your team. Um, so if he's on your team, you probably are looking at having to start him most likely. Which I will say. I can't tell you for sure that 
Julius Thomas, Marquise Lee, Alan Hearns, and Allen Robinson are going to have good games this week. But I can tell you, <laughs> There's an a few of those guys, <laughs> at least two or three of those guys, are probably going to have big games this week. Exactly. But I just can't tell you who it is. If I had to guess, I'm giving you Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. who is just the best player on the Jaguars' offense. He's the big. He's he's the guy that. And he's, he's been historically the big play guy. Right. And he's going up against a Raiders defense that's giving up the second most points to opposing wide receivers this season. And he'll probably be matched up with Sean Smith a lot. It was a guy that body style is pretty similar to Allen Robinson. But can Smith compete with him? I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, they're giving up. They have a league leading 28 plays over 20 yards. And the Jaguars' offense was known for those types of plays in 2015. Yeah. Maybe this is the type of game that can get them back towards those big-time plays. I've been been asking for this for weeks. We haven't even... It doesn't seem like we've even attempted the long ball. Yeah. Let alone been able to be successful with it. There was one early on with Marquise Lee that was an easy touchdown that got overthrown. But other than that, I have a hard time finding really any pass that went for a home run type of ball. Yeah. And it's something where that's that was a huge part of our productivity last year. Yeah, and that's something that Marquise Lee, who's been a breakout player this year, we haven't seen him get deep too often. There was one good play at the beginning of the Colts game, I believe, where Lee got pretty open, but Bortles just missed him. So maybe they can exploit that this week and mm-hmm. try to get Lee deep, try to get all these guys just getting deep down the field. Um, so uh, aside from the Jaguars' offensive players, you probably – Jason Myers is up and down in terms of fantasy. It's hard to determine how a kicker is going to do in yeah. fantasy. It's it, pretty much a crap It's shoot. basically – Whoever isn't on a bye week. Unless you're like me who's been starting the Steelers kicker who never gets to kick the ball because they go <laughs> two-point conversions all the time. It's pretty much a crapshoot. Um, anyways, Jaguars defense slash special teams, I don't think they're startable this week against a high-octane Oakland Raiders offense. Yeah. Um, Carr's been... He's been playing well. 11 touchdowns... Or, I think it's 12, 12 touchdowns. touchdowns, three interceptions. That's a four to one touchdown interception ratio. He's lighting it up. Sixty six percent completion percentage. You got uh, Amari Cooper. You got Michael Crabtree. You got uh, Latavius Murray's been out. For a host a of weeks. running backs though that are playing really well. Yeah. Latavius Murray is actually, right now, their third leading rusher. Yeah. Obviously, he's been out a little bit. Yeah, DeAndre Washington. But Washington and uh, I think the guy's name is Jalen Richard. Yeah. Uh, they're both just playing lights out. All three of those guys have 150-plus yards on the ground this year, and they're all averaging over 4.3 yards a carry. So it's tough to say that you should start the Jaguars' defense this week. I mean... It's possible that they get a pick six or a big turnover or some big sacks because they've shown the ability to do that this year, even against a good offense like the Colts. Yeah. But it's hard to predict that that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, it, it's it's something where they're not high on my list. Yeah, by any means, um, we don't 
have a kick returner that scares people. Right. And with with Richard not even being active yeah, last Richard week, Grant. that was interesting to me. Yeah, I I find it interesting. I would almost like to see Marquise Lee back there at mm-hmm. returner sometimes more because I think he might be the most explosive player, uh, yeah, I want to see him have a player on our team. Because it seemed like every time he but, got a punt, he... We had a fair catch. At the same time, I think he's become such a vital part of the offense that you might mm-hmm. not even want to have him back there all the time. Um, so now that we've covered some fantasy talk, we've taken you around the AFC South, recap the Bears game, we're going to get right into this Ra- Raiders preview, and we're going to try to get through it pretty quickly for you. So we'd be remiss if we didn't start out with the fact that Jack Del Rio is returning. He's to back. Captain Jack. The man in black. That's right, man. I mean, obviously his tenure in Jacksonville was up and down. There wasn't always enough talent for him to work for, Mm -hmm. and he made that very clear uh, in a lot of press conferences, which didn't sit well with a lot of people. But since leaving Jacksonville, all he's done is coach one of the best defenses in the NFL in Denver to a Super Bowl championship. That's not a bad consolation prize. And... Gotten a head coaching gig, and now he's leading the four and two Raiders, who are loaded with young talent. So good for Jack. Yeah, I always liked Jack. I got pretty irritated with him at the end with his seemingly uh, apathetic view at the end because I just think he was burnt out on not having talent. Yeah, it's 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 so hard. He was the longest tenured. Um, what am I trying to? <laughs> he was um, he was here for quite a while without. Yeah. Um, I think he only won. I think his first pre, uh, postseason game was 2007 that he won. Yeah, in um, Pittsburgh, and that was the last time we won yep. a postseason game. Yep, nearly so ten years ago. He he was here. I feel like he had a pretty long life here. Yeah, he did. Maybe have some a... coaches wouldn't necessarily have gotten. Yeah, that was a criticism on Wayne Weaver, too. Maybe because Weaver got rid of Coughlin pretty swiftly after Mm. things went downhill that he gave Jack too much of a leash because he was trying to make sure he wasn't getting rid of him too quickly. Yeah, but he's he's been a guy that, you know, I've I've never had any ill will. Yeah, I like him. I still root for him. I kind of hate that I still root for him, (laughs) but I do root for him. But, uh... Anyways, he'll be coming back to town, and uh, he'll be bringing with him an offense that's really firing on all cylinders. Uh, yeah. The passing game's top 10 right now. The running attack is top 13. Um, they're just a pretty complete offense right now. They've got a good line, good skill players. Yeah, they're top half of the league in every offensive category. Do you think we can match up with them? I Defensively? Short answer, yeah. I mean, we've... Hoyer's the first guy that's really been able to have somewhat success against us. And even then, they scored 13 points. Right. Or, I'm sorry, 16, 16. points. Yeah. Um, there hasn't been a running game. Uh, San Diego, yeah. somewhat. I think that game was clearly an outlier. Though. Yeah. Um, but we haven't had a lot of glaring weaknesses. So I mean, it's something yeah, where we're giving up less than four yards of carry on the ground. Like we're a top, and not not even to mention the passing offense. Right. Yeah. Like our defense. Right. Our defense is 
as good as the Raiders' offense is playing, I think our defense is playing as good as the Raiders' offense. That's that's the matchup I'm looking forward to, and it's kind of that's the strong side of the matchup, and then it's just kind of two weaker guys just kind of having at it. <laughs> we looking on paper, we should have the clear advantage in that scenario. But the, the way we've been playing, off, our offense, our offense versus their defense exactly. should have an advantage. You're yeah. right, but. I can't go confidently into the game saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna you know throw for 300 yards and and run for 150 and, and just roll over them." I think that's fair, yeah. but <laughs> I think the Raiders are in a tough spot. Um, yeah. I really do. They're traveling to the East Coast for the third time this season, and they're gonna be playing. They're gonna be playing again. They're going to be playing again in Florida um, after this week. So, basically, the Raiders are going up against a Jaguars team that's playing really well right now defensively and a Jaguars team that has the talent on offense to put up a lot of points. But does the Raiders' defense have any shot at slowing down the talented Jaguar players? Yeah, um, they've... Or are the Jaguar players going to slow themselves down? <laughs> that's probably, to be honest, that's probably a bigger worry of mine than actually going up against their defense. Yeah. They've beaten teams like the Titans. They've beaten the, the Ravens, Chargers, the Saints. They, they, you know, they played against some pretty good teams. Yeah, I would say their strength of schedule to this point that hasn't been a bunch of patsies that they've been beating. They've been playing some decent teams. Every single game that they've played outside of the Chiefs game has been less than a touchdown. Uh, the point differential at the yeah. end of the game? Right. So, even though they're winning games, they're not winning them convincingly. Yeah. And it's and a lot of the times, it's, it's, there's been Jack Del Rio making the call a lot of times where he's just been the aggressor. Yeah. He's been... Going for it on fourth down, putting your putting the yeah, foot, pedal to the metal, going going for all these tough decisions. He's known to be a risk taker, and it's paid off a lot for them so far. Yeah. But with risk takers, there's often time games throughout the season where those risks they might don't, not pay off. Yeah, they don't they don't work for you, and that could be a big factor in this game. Um, again. Is there any specific matchups on uh, the Raiders' defense versus our offense that you're looking towards? I'm I'm hoping Khalil Mack doesn't have right. his coming out party. Yeah, because he hasn't done a lot this year, but he's still a guy that terrifies me to the core. Oh yeah, he's a he's a JJ Watt type impact. Yeah, on the defensive line, not similar playing style at all to JJ Watt. But in terms of the impact they can have on a game... He can change the face of a game completely Yeah, by the, the fact that he's on the field. Yeah, and they've got some talented other young players, too, on defense. Mm. and uh, Signed a for, lot of guys. For whatever reason, it's not working for them at all on defense. Like we said before, they're giving up 4.8 yards per, excuse me, per carry, which is just abysmal. 440 yards per game. As a defense, yeah. Total. Yeah, that's just... That's outrageous. That sounds like what the Jaguars have been doing in (laughs) years past, but... 
thanks to some young talent and some veterans that were added in the offseason, our defense looks like it should be able to match up with the Raiders' offense. Now, Jalen Ramsey had a serious adjustment period in last mm-hmm. week's contest against Alshon Jeffrey in the first yeah. half. Is he going to have an adjustment period against Amari Cooper? Is he going to shadow Amari Cooper? Do you want him to shadow Amari Cooper? How is that matchup going to play out? Amari Cooper is the guy, the headline guy. But Michael Crabtree, yes. I mean, he, he makes plays. He does. I might, And he's been catching touchdowns like it's like going out of yeah. style. Like, he's, he's, he's the guy that Carr looks for in yeah. the red zone. Yeah. So it's something where... Do I think he needs to shadow Amari Cooper? Not necessarily. Because mm-hmm. he's got another dangerous weapon right on the other side of the field. Yeah, I think I disagree with you a little bit on that. Okay. I want Ramsey on Cooper. Yeah. Cooper you, is a better player, player than Crabtree. I don't care what you say. I don't care what the stats say. <laughs> um, Cooper is much more talented than Crabtree. And I want to see Jalen Ramsey on him as much as possible. And... I think Prince Amukamara will have no problem dealing with Michael Crabtree. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying Amukamara is going to win every battle against Crabtree, but mm-hmm. they'll yeah. trade blows, and I think Amukamara will land as many punches as Crabtree does. Yeah, I just I feel more comfortable with with Michael Crabtree being as physical as he is, having Jalen Ramsey. That's a fair point. Being a big physical guy who likes you know he he'll put pressure on you on the line of scrimmage. He won't let you get off the line comfortably. He can body up with you because he's a big guy as well. Yeah, that's a fair point. Do you want to see a Mukamara trying to chase Amari Cooper around the field, though? That's the other side of the coin. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, either way it could work out because Crabtree and Cooper are both really talented. Amukamara and Ramsey are both really talented. It's going to be fun watching that, that segment of the game. Yeah, I think it really will be. Now... The Raiders' offense has been running the ball really well. Is Puzz and uh, Miles Jack when he's on the field, and obviously Telvin Smith, are they going to be able to slow down these Raiders' running backs that are just really lighting it up right now? Yeah, um, for some reason, I feel comfortable with our rush defense. It's it's never been even even last year. That was our that was our stronger. Of the two phases. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Roy Miller. When you have... I can't... We need to stop for a second. Roy Miller, you're also the man. Like, yeah, the unspo- unsung hero. Yeah. Roy Miller never gets talked about because he's a nose or a defensive tackle that just... All he does is stuff the run. And um, he's the type of guy that doesn't get the coverage he should, but he's killing it. But, um, yeah, it's it's... It's something where when you run a big end with Jared Audrick and you have um, Malik Jackson, who's a guy who can get interior pressure, um, kind of manipulate where the running back has the opportunities to go, and you have a guy like Roy Miller, who's just a big guy who eats double teams, yeah. it's something where you shouldn't have to worry about the run game because yeah. of that reason. I don't think we will have to worry about it too much. I mean... We've gone against talented runners this year, yeah. and we've held them in check, obviously, aside from the San Diego game. So, I think we got a good chance. Yeah. I think we, if, All right. if we don't beat ourselves, we should beat them. Okay, well, I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and ask you for a bold prediction. I, I want to know who wins, and I want to know the score. I think the Jaguars are going to pull it out. 
It's going to be kind of a high-scoring game. I'm saying 34-30. Wow. So the Jaguars' defense is going to give up 30 points. I just... I mean, it's a great offense. I... <laughs> <laughs> the Oakland offense is great. I can't fault you. But uh, I'm also going to go with the Jaguars. I'm going to go a little bit lower scoring, 30-24 to 24 Jaguars. So that's going to wrap it up for the Generation Jaguar podcast, episode two. You can find Scott Klein on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. That's Klein, K-L-E-I-N. You can find me, Jordan DeLugo, at Jordan DeLugo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find Generation Jaguar at our website, genjag.com, and at Generation Jaguar on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great one. See you. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.